Welcome to the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we are talking about the state of the Rockets. We got Ali Khan Bijani. He is from the Rockets Film Room and also co-host of the Locked on Rockets podcast. Uh, how are you doing today and how are you feeling about the state of the Rockets? I'm doing good, Taylor. Um, glad to be here. It's it's a very interesting time to be covering the Rockets. It's a very interesting time to be watching Rockets basketball. First season where they have all this great young talent, first and second year players, some third year. It's a good chance to be able to see what their future is looking like and where they want to steer towards the franchise. All right. So you've been there forever. You We talked you know, pre-podcast. You saw pretty much the whole James Harden era. So you've seen it really good. Um, we all know they went into rebuild mode. Uh, what phase of the rebuild would you say they are in? Um, I would say the first phase usually in a rebuild is kind of just going down to bare bones and just trying to get as much assets you can and and get some players that you can have some potential with, right? Building around or having some skills you can work with. I think at that point, they're at that next level, right? They have those players. Now it's developing developing them, seeing what they can do. You have Jalen Green, Alperin Shingun, Josh Christopher, Usman Garuba, who's going to get more playing time this year. Then you bring in Jabari Smith. Tari Eason, who's very, very highly thought of in the building, and then uh, Ty Ty Washington. And you put yourself in a situation where you have seven rookies who were drafted. You add in Dacian Nix. You add in some other young players like KJ Martin. I mean, it's a very young team full of young, promising players. And I think now they're at step two. And as they go from step two to step three, it's going to be about what is their identity as a team? What is the culture they're trying to create? What are the strengths and weaknesses that, you know, usually I, there's one thing Kevin McKellar used to say when he coached here and just to my time around him, I used to hear was that you usually know who you are by your third or fourth year in the league. And I mean, I, I feel like that's changed a little bit. I feel like you can still grow and adapt in your role as you go in the league. But I think by your third or fourth year, you know who you are, you know where you're going towards. And this is the second year for Jalen. This is the first year for some. So this is a good, solid year of foundation of which or what structure this team wants to build moving forward. What is their offensive identity? What is their defensive identity? So for me overall, I think that's how I would describe it. Just they're, they're past that initial stage. You have all this young accumulation of talent. Now it's about what is the direction the franchise wants to take moving forward. All right, that makes sense. Uh, Jalen Green, you talked about him a little bit. He looks like a potential building block. It was his rookie year last season. Super athlete. Uh, what were your takeaways? He he makes scoring look easy. I heard that a lot when I was covering him before the draft and trying to learn as much about him. And the common sentiment was, oh, he's going to score 20 points easy in the league. And then he finished the last latter half of the season scoring 20 points a game. I mean, he... He just he is so good at going from one part of the half court to the other and getting to the rim. He has a quick first step. He loves to drive right. And so what I'm thinking this season is important for him is to develop a counter for that. And we saw sometimes against good defenses that they took away the right and he would try to go left and go back right. So he has to work on solidifying those counters um, so he can you know have a better chance of getting towards the rim because he's good. He's good at getting towards the rim. Um, and, and for me, now that he's added 10 pounds of muscle last year, he didn't hesitate to, to kind of lean into content, uh, contact, but he struggled sometimes when he leaned in to draw fouls. Um, and I think, I think, you know, getting to the rim is not the problem for him. It's 
what can you do to draw fouls at a higher rate and shooting fouls and finish through those fouls? Finishing is also the key word here. And so, so when I see that, and I, I see that he's added and he said, said it himself, he was 173 last year. He's around 183 this year, 182, 183 in weight this year. He's at a 10 pounds, um, and most of that is muscle. And he's continuing to add on weight. That bodes well for a guy who's filling into his frame. And it's going to take a, another two, three, four seasons for him to fully get into his body. But with his body type and how much strength he's adding, he's going to be a pretty good, solid score in this league and as somebody who can attack the rim uh, relentlessly. Defensively for me, he's showing improvements. And uh, my colleague at the Athletic, Kelly Eco, wrote about it a few days ago that, that Jalen has been one of the standout guys defensively for the team early on here in uh, training camp. And he showed promise of that. He's good at fighting around screens because of his frame and his size. He's able to stay with players because of his speed. And it really allows him to just kind of stay engaged. And I think that's a good way for him to stay engaged uh, defensively um, and not, not, you know, put him as somebody who can be a weak defender or somebody who's not a good defender. He does try. And I think just allowing him to chase and doing things where he's navigating with perimeter players is a good way for him to stand out. So that's how I would describe him both offensively and defensively, just from what I've seen um, and the promise he especially showed the latter half of last season. So some of the metrics uh, like him quite a, bu- uh, quite a bit in a couple areas of his game. He was 88th percentile in our one-on-one grade, which kind of just takes into account all your different type of isolation situations, uh, which was good. He was 93rd percent in rim shot creation. So that rim pressure uh, is always a valuable thing to have. Uh, going forward, I know it's really early, but what do you see his offensive profile kind of shaping up? Because uh, we have our playmaking uh, data. His passing volume was pretty low um, for a player with the ball in his hands that much, but the quality was very high, uh, which could be promising. But what have you seen? I I wonder, uh, just get your, I mean, I see him all the time, Taylor, and I'm just wondering from your perspective watching him too, do you feel like he can grow into somebody who's not just doing that, but also just, you know, facil- can facilitate and get others going as well? I'm trying to think. I've seen him. It's been limited, obviously. He's only been in the league for one year. Um, but what I did see was just a level of athleticism that can oftentimes replace vision, right? So I haven't seen enough of him to really know his passing profile, you know, great. And he is, it's going to change so much because he is so young, but I feel like when you get into the tier of athlete that he is, it's kind of like a football player, right? You're creating so much separation sometimes that you can, make the windows larger than they oftentimes are in the NBA, right? Like going from college to the pros, things shrink down. But when you're 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 moving almost at a different speed than other players, um, I think there's a, a really good chance for things to develop as a playmaker. Obviously, the one-on-one stuff is already pretty good. Um, if we dig into the data a little bit more, the three-point percentage, only 34%. But if you go a little further, the shot creation was extremely high. It was 95th percentile in the league. So, uh, again, I'm a really big guy when it comes to young players. Are they creating advantages? And it looks like he is. And whether or not you make those advantages isn't a super big deal to me. Obviously, you do want it. But when you are this young and you're going to have two, three years of development, especially with this team's timeline, um, I think the things we've seen, you can get excited and giving him an opportunity uh, makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, when I, when I see, when I see him and especially the promise I keep referring to, 
there was a stretch of games, Taylor, when he played with Kevin Porter Jr. Um, and they did a great job kind of bouncing off each other. And Kevin Porter Jr. is a point guard. He's trying to grow in that role. And Kevin did a great, uh, Porter Jr. did a great job of just playing off of him. He shot 40% on catch and shoot threes, allowed Jalen to be able to get going. Jalen brought the ball up in transition, kind of used that first 14, uh, 10 to 14 seconds of the shot clock, getting his own shot first or trying to create one for himself uh, or try to, you know, create for others. And that which allowed KPJ to then take on um, the responsibilities either later in the shot clock and then did those back, did that back and forth. For me, I think Jalen is somebody who I did not see him being a necessarily a kind of point guard or main primary ball handler facilitator type of role, but he's shown flashes where I think he could do that and he could average five to six assists a game over time in his career um, just because of his ability to get to the rim, get to the paint. When he touches the paint, he's so athletic that teams are just bringing that second or third guy there. And that next step for him is that, okay, that's happening. Let me make the read. Where is the defender coming from and which passing lane is open? Because the way defenses are playing now in the league, it's a lot of hybrid man-to-man zone defenses. You got to be able to make those passes knowing uh, where it's open, where that passing lane is open. And I think if he gets to that point, he can take that percentile you talked about and, and you know, allow, allow that to be able to create offense for others as well. And just isolation, man. I mean, he's terrific at driving right, um, like, like we talked about. And if he if he can do that, and if he can go left to right, or if he can do different things to be able to maximize that, I think he's going to be terrific overall offensively. I mean, he there there's an example that uh, of of a couple games last year where he was really struggling scoring the basketball in terms of shooting, and then what he did was he was like, okay, I'm not shooting, well. I'm going to keep letting it fly, but I'm also going to try to drive with a quick first step and get to get to the rim and get myself going. And once he got himself going, the shot kept falling. Then he started hitting mid-range jumpers. And he has to do that. He has to learn how to get himself into a rhythm. And that will allow him to then also be the type of shot creator and facilitator that the Rockets want him to be. Yeah, and I mean, the more I look into his data, the more I just see a very raw player. Like if we go into his stable points per possession, it was an A minus in spot ups and it was an A plus in isolation. And those are things where those are very modern skills that you like a lot. And then everything else, you know, the pick and roll ball handling, things like that, they weren't as strong, but those are skills that are, are a little more developmental, right? If like you're not great at isolation, it's it's hard to get a lot better at isolation because you need a lot of physical tools oftentimes at the NBA level. So I, I think that he's a, he's a player that I'm really interested to see how his development goes because to me he's uh i used to work at a football uh, stats company and when josh allen got drafted my boss uh on his podcast was like josh allen is a bag of quarterback tools if you can figure out how to put them all together and maximize them you have probably the best player in the league if you can do that i have no idea but if you can obviously you see what happened i feel like jalen green is one of those things where he's decides like it seems like so many tools so many athletic athletic gifts at his disposal where if they all do click into place it could be pretty crazy i it, it makes me bullish about what his kind of ceiling can be right um he he's one of the rock few rockets players i don't really have an idea of what his ceiling is yet um i've heard comparisons to devin booker i've heard comparisons to other players but he, because of his tools and just how untapped i feel like they are you're right the sky is the limit for him 
Uh, let's move on to Shangun. This is another really young player. I mean, I guess everyone on this roster is pretty young. He was 19 years old last year as a rookie, uh, had a pretty good offseason over in Eurobasket. Uh, and he's coming off a year where he kind of raised some eyebrows offensively, where he was drawing quite a few fouls um, on the defensive end. He's not your traditional like big rim protector, but had really good hands. He popped in some of our stats, um, 90th percentile in passing lane defense among anchor bigs. So definitely an intriguing skill set. Uh, also some playmaking. What uh, what did you see from him? You know, when I when I think of Alperin Shingun. He's just this mixed bag, and not in a bad way. He just has so many things you want in a big, in a modern-day offense. Amazing passer, really good at getting your offense set and also then making reads once the offense becomes more static. Um, doing doing things defensively that are just smart, you know, getting into the, the crashing, the crashing the lane, trying to get rebounds, just kind of make trying to make smart reads. What's interesting about Alpi, Taylor, is that Alpi, according to the updated roster, uh, the roster metrics, he's 6'11 now. Yeah. He was 6'9. Now, I don't know how true that is. I haven't stood next to him. I haven't <laughs> seen him in person yet, this um, training camp. How but tall are you? I'm not, I'm around six. So I'm not like seven foot like, like these guys are, but. You, you can you know you can tell if a player has grown. For example, Jabari told us like he grew an inch, and he actually did. Now he's six eleven. So so I'm eager to see if Al Alperin Shangun is actually six eleven. That kind of changes things um, for him. Um, what he was what what was the big knock on him last year that he struggled defending bigs, and especially struggled defending bigs in space around the rim, and like the Jokic's of the world, like you know just players like that. Um, and so I, I really and, and he showed some promise here in the Euro League during the summer, but I'm eager to see now that he's added more weight in terms of muscle, according to the the chart he's gotten taller. How does that translate to how he does in a position where he has to anchor, where he has to be that drop big? I don't think they're going to just solely put him in drop coverage. I think they're going to add some things. Steven Sells has talked about adding some more help principles, um, and I think help. I mean, Taylor, you know, there are different types of kind of defenses that do help. All defenses have help principles in there. But I think we're going to see more things where Alpi is up higher and having defenders behind him kind of step in, step up to help shield him and make it easy on him to be able to be kind of an anchor defensively. So I mean, I'm interested to see how that works. The passing hand, the the hands and, and the passing um, thing you, you mentioned, that's very interesting because I do see that being in the 90th percentile in passing lane defense because he does like to get his hands out there. I would like to see how his metrics look at the end of the season when it comes to staying um, staying around the rim and just kind of being able to contest shots vertically. He needs to work on that, not moving, not kind of just lunging one way too late or too early and getting out of position. That's going to be a big, big way, uh, way for the Rockets to see if can he anchor a defense or can he at least be a serviceable five for you. Um, and then offensively, man, I am really excited to see him play. I think you're going to see a lot more movement compared to last year. And what I mean by movement is kind of having him run more screen and rolls, dribble handoffs where he's getting the ball and able to survey. He's so good at just kind of posting up and reading the defense and scoring. But I think where his next step needs to be taken is his ability in that 12 to 15 to 18 range or when he's at the perimeter. Can he run those simple dribble handoffs? Can he run those curls? 
Can he set a screen and slip it effectively and score around the rim? That's what's going to elevate him offensively. The Rockets know the tangible skills that he has, but how can he take those tangible skills, add it within the layers of the offense that they're doing with their pistol and delay and all the different things they're doing um, in their motion offense and five out, and can't he become a player who can be a secondary playmaker alongside Jalen and KPJ? That's going to be what's the big deal for him offensively. Yeah, he's an interesting guy because – I mean, there was so this is he popped on my radar last year. He was throwing some crazy passes that were popping up on Twitter, like windows that didn't exist, like driving to the far block, throwing it back to like the near wing, where it's just like, oh, I've never really seen someone not look and throw that pass, like with a lot of arc. So he did a lot of strange things, but the balls were getting there. Um, so as a playmaker, a very intriguing. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of different ways we can go with this. Real quick, looking at his. Uh, pick and roll data. He actually wasn't the most impactful as a roller popper, but his slip was uh, quite high. So maybe, you know, there's, I hate to say it, there's always like that classic thing of like European bigs not being quite as athletic so like there's like a craftiness element to the game and it's hard because sometimes it's true sometimes it's a stereotype so i don't know obviously we're in, he's only he, he was 19 he was a teenager so i think that's like the biggest thing right when i'm looking at all the data and the the clips and, and tape i have seen it's like this guy was literally a teenager playing in the nba and things were looking like pretty good in some areas like you talked about strength being a thing uh the post defense was was okay in our data uh the rim protection numbers not great i think that he would better be served so we have two types of bigs at basketball index we have anchor bigs which you're dropping primarily protecting the rim and then we have our mobile bigs where you're hedging a lot you're switching you're you're out on the perimeter like you talked about a little bit and uh, his on-ball defense was actually pretty good among bigs. So they could, like you said, this team is, I don't want to say directionless, but they just haven't chosen the direction to go yet, right? They're seeing what they have with their young players, uh, letting them grow. And there's going to be some some natural just choices you make with the roster based on what you have. And uh, I think him as maybe more of a switching big could be, I don't know, possibly interesting because I don't know if he's ever really going to have the skill set. Like you said, if he did grow an inch, maybe he grows another inch. That would be fantastic. But I don't know if you're ever going to get just the classic rim protecting big out of him. You might need to be a little more creative and lean towards maybe some of his other strengths. Yeah, and the mobile, the the numbers on the mobile aspect is very interesting and just kind of labeling him as that. I think putting him in situations where he needs to hedge or show or kind of do do different type of things that way. I think that's going to help him more um, defensively and just offensively, like you said, like it, it's going to be about how can they put him in positions just to play off others. I think the lineups are going to be important for him playing around shooters so he can actually make passes that are impactful in five out. Um, but but let, let's see, this is this is still a young team. They're still learning how to play with him. Having one year under his belt is huge. Playing in, playing in year of the league is huge. He's coming in shape. He's ready to play heavy minutes because he will play heavy minutes as a center. Um, so it's a lot of a lot of good things going his way. He just has to he has to be able to deliver the season. So let's say let's look ahead to next season. Let's say best case scenario, things are exactly what you want out of you know the twenty twenty three season. What does that look like? How does it happen? I, I mean, honestly, I think the best case scenario is that they compete in every single game, and 
you showcase that you are a team that other teams don't want to play against because you play hard and you may not win a lot of games, but you're showing so much promise with your young players that you still set yourself up for a very high draft pick in the 2023 draft. But you're a team on the rise and people around the league are noticing, man, this team has a good collection of young talent that's learning to play together and individually growing. I think that's ultimately what's going to be the best case scenario. If Jalen can become consistently a 2025 point, point per game score, which I don't think happens for another year, um, if KPJ can solidify himself as being a point guard and get an extension, if he, if that if that does happen, if Shingun can show that he can be the center of the future, if Jabari can show that he is what he's talked about being as one of the better defensive uh, bigs in the league entering in and being a great shooter. I mean, if these guys can validate what, not the expectations, but that they're on them, but the goals they have for themselves, I think this is going to be a great team going into a summer where they have a lot of cap space, a lot of flexibility to be able to change and manipulate the roster the way they want to. And oh, by the way, they got a lot of young players that are still on a rookie contracts. Uh, any breakout candidates, maybe some dark horse guys that the rest of the uh, basketball world maybe aren't super familiar with? I, I would say a couple of players to keep an eye out for, and it's all going to depend on playing time. Tari Easton is somebody who did really well in summer league. He, he did something that the Rockets really struggled in last season. He rebounded the basketball <laughs> three or four and he can attack and he's learning how to shoot at an NBA level. I mean, I think he can be a great player in the system on this team. Just his defensive prowess, his ability to use his athleticism to get to where he wants. I mean, a lot of great tools there. Um, that's one. Another one that I want people to pay attention to because not because Rockets fans don't know enough about him, but because I feel like he needs to get more credit nationally. And that's Jay Sean Tate. Jay Sean, this is his third year in the NBA. I mean, he's, he was a 25 year old rookie, but his third year in the NBA, he just got a three year extension. Um, he is a player that just is so important to what the Rockets are building here. Culture wise, scheme-wise, everything-wise. He is the leader in the locker room. Players go to him. I mean, he is a guy that Rockets fans want to be successful. I've heard um, my colleague Kelly reported this, and I've heard as well that, you know, he's been doing much better in terms of his shooting. And so I'm eager to see if he can at least become a serviceable 35% shooter from the corners. If that's the case, it's hard to keep him off the floor because he does so many great things for you defensively. And then, oh, by the way, he's growing in terms of his being a passer he's so good with his left hand he's one of the best left-handed finishers around the rim in the league um I, I think if the rockets play well i think he can be a guy who's a breakout candidate and starts to get a lot more attention across the league as being a good player all right i love myself a glue guy uh ali khan thanks for joining us what is your twitter account you can follow me on twitter at rockets underscore insider and also make sure you're following us on Locked on Rockets Film. A lot of great content coming your way this season. All right. That's going to wrap it up for the State of the Rockets. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. My name is Taylor, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Basketball Index Podcast.